Update on all things food, family, community, gardening, whatever. We call it Sidecar. If it has to do with the rituals around food and holidays, making food or taking it places, or remembering what we were eating during important times in our lives, we'll talk about it here. I am your host and bestie, Jen Coleslaw, coming to you from the soulless yet soggy suburbs of Northern Virginia. This week, I want to talk to you about what it means to be home and what home means to all of us. So this past Thursday, the 27th, was the 14th anniversary of buying our house here in Northern Virginia. We were very lucky that we bought when we did because the market was at an historic low, interest rates were pretty low, and even though I had a good paying job, it had been originally structured as a consulting gig, so the mortgage companies did not count as as income. So we had to rely just on Ben's income. We were able to buy a house in Prince William County, which is um, next door to Fairfax County, which is where we both work. Um, Prince William County is the also ran of wealthy Northern Virginia counties. Uh, We could not afford to even buy a townhouse or a hovel in Fairfax County. So for less of a monthly payment than what it would have cost to rent a 600-square-foot apartment, we were able to buy an actual house. We looked at a lot of houses. We focused our hunt on older homes and little in-town farmhouses built in the 40s because that's what counts as historic out here. Uh, I had a couple rules. One was no HOAs, because as much as I love rules, I will not put up with that HOA bullshit. And it had to have enough of a yard for a big garden, and so we could fence it and have a dog. But they all fell through, and finally what we were left with was this 60s-era cape with beige vinyl siding. Like, it is the most boring house on the planet. It's a perfectly fine place to live, but it doesn't really feel like home, partially because it doesn't have any character except for its one interesting defining selling point, an old school mounted pencil sharpener in the basement. And when I tell you how excited we were to see that pencil sharpener, I'm totally serious. It it practically was the thing that got us to buy the house. Actually, it was the yard. I think it was the yard. But what makes a home to you? For me, home was the house in Lyme where I grew up with all the memories, both good and bad, with Mom and Gordy, and the house in Providence when all my friends would just stop by. And every spring, Dad would come up with his rototiller to get the garden ready, where I could walk to any number of other homes to hang out. Home was my 
Uncle Pete's place in the Bay Area, where a mockingbird set up right outside the bedroom window when we were there and sang its heart out all day and night, and where we got up early on Father's Day to make him French toast. And home is the spare room at John and Jim's in Providence and then in Cranston, and home is the dock at my parents-in-law house on the Elizabeth River, and home is my dad's old apartment that Catherine fixed up for me to stay in when I come north. Home was Lars' parents' house, wherever they were, and the Roach's house, and home was my room at Ray's until it wasn't. Home is where the heart is, my heart, and the hearts of my favorite people. Here, here's where my stuff is. I don't know whether I would feel warmer towards this house if it had more character, if it was historic, if it had more interesting architecture, if it had some fun backstory, but I do know it will never be the kind of home I yearn for because it is missing the people who make me feel at home. A few weeks ago, our friend Colin texted to say he would be in the area after playing board games at the board games place in town, and could he stop by? I had some anxiety because the house, as you know from my constant lamentations, is an absolute horror show of a mess. But Colin is one of those people who make this place a home, so I said, yes, come over. And it was so lovely to see him. We haven't seen him since pre-pandemic times. So for about 45 minutes, the house felt good having an old friend in it with us. And as COVID continues to stretch out our social distancing, fulling it into a third year and feed our reclusive tendencies. And there are now pets here who have not met my family or my best friends. Between that and the overall health of our house full of clutter, it seems to be less home every day. And because it is just a place to stay, I'm less inclined to build a beautiful garden or plant the pots. It's almost May, and the only things growing are the things that grow perennially or wildly without any care from me. If you listen to the first season of Two Chocolate Cakes, you know that I try to find homes wherever I go because of my need to belong to people and places. And I guess I'm feeling on this 14th year of living in this house, particularly unmoored after three years of the pandemic, and more deaths of important people in my life than I can count on two hands, and cancer. I would give anything to feel at home somewhere, preferably here, but I'm just not sure it's possible. Right now, it is just feels like a place condemned. And I do appreciate how dramatic I sound. I mean, I'm lucky I have a roof over my head that's paid for. I, I realize my privilege. But I know you love me for my hyperbole, so there you go. And this won't be much of a stretch for many of you, but home has also been Twitter for me, especially when I was sick and so many people who were previously strangers just showed up for me in a big way. But it is becoming increasingly not home. The ugly parts of Twitter are bubbling up to the surface every day, and it is so difficult to find the good in it. And while I'm not quite at the point of just leaving, that time will come very soon. I suspect that the Twitter overload will make it impossible to block people, opening us up to 
infinite harassment because we care about the treatment of others or because we call out the foul and vile nonsense that threatens to fully undermine not just this place we call home, but the foundation of our already fragile democracy. None of the other platforms seem like home yet, but like I've been here in this nondescript beige cape for 14 years with boxes still packed from the original move from the Ring Street house in 2005. So I'll keep trying. So anywho, while I've been finishing writing this podcast and doing some light editing and getting the food holidays listed, Dirty Dancing was on one of the movie channels. And if you've not seen that movie, please watch it. Make it your birthday gift to me. If you listen to all of the episodes of Two Chocolate Cakes, the grilled cheese episode is straight out of that movie. I worked at a summer resort called Frank Davis Resort in high school and college, and it was a carbon copy of the one in Dirty Dancing, except instead of Jewish families from New York, it was Italian and Polish families from the Hartford area. I hadn't seen the movie in decades, probably, and oh my God, so many memories came back. When I tell you that the 60s era resort, which did not change much all the way to the 80s, by the way, from that film was the same as the one that I worked at. I am not exaggerating. The staff was the same from the sexy dance instructors to the clownish pirate activities director to the rakish dining room staff and the lifeguards who got all the girls, staff and guests. Even the landscape and the topography looked the same. Anyway, that was another place that was home to me. For three summers, I worked almost every day at the resort, and it probably won't surprise you that the owners took a shine to me because I was such a little weirdo. Plus, they were friends of my parents from my father's drinking days. Anyway, that movie made me feel homesick. So in other news, the weather has been really nice lately, except for the last few days it's been pretty rainy, but I haven't felt up to doing any work outside. That big trench from the sewer line is daunting. There was a tear in the pool lining, but I think we successfully patched it and I filled it this week and we have fingers crossed that it would hold. It's been filled now for four days and appears to be okay. We got that pool liner in 2016, so honestly it has lived longer than expected, but hope it will last one more summer. Right now it's too cold for the salt water system to work. The water has to be at least 60 degrees for the salt cell to be activated. This is so boring. I can't believe I am making you listen to this. But anyway, where I'm going with this is next is a plan to build a ramp for the great and magnificent Sumo Citrus Dog so he can get into the pool, which has stairs to get out of, but a ladder to get in. See, I, I knew that I was going somewhere with that. And we think that he'd make a great dock launching dog, dock dives, dock dog. But we got to build him a ramp and a dock. Yesterday, Ben and I ran errands and we skipped the farmer's market, which was kind of a bummer because today it was such a bad storm day. All the markets were actually closed. But we did get a chance to get up to the flower farm that I love. And on the way, we saw about 15 turkeys, and we never see wild turkeys in our community. And they had their tails all out, too, so it was kind of fancy. Anyway, we picked up three dahlias that they have propagated. I'm kind of excited about. So in the same sentence that I say I'm not interested in gardening, I'm still certainly buying all the plants. Um, anyway, as luck would have it, Sarah, the owner, was there when I picked up the plants, and we got to get uh, caught up, which was nice. And 
Farming is such hard work, even flower farming, and I love that she and her family are keeping their land open and working, and her flowers are just gorgeous. And Sarah's quiet and gentle kindness made me very weepy just seeing her. You know how sometimes you just see people and you kind of fall apart a little bit? That was that was me yesterday. Yes, I'm homesick. I'm homesick for places and people to be sure. But how about we set aside the melancholia and talk about the food holidays for May, my birthday month? For starters, or enders, let's just say that today, the 30th of April, is Oatmeal Cookie Day. And last month, I found what looked like a really good lemon oatmeal sugar cookie recipe. And I definitely want to try that. And I will try to find it again, and I will put it in the recipe box for the Patreons. It's also Raisin Day, which is a very good match for oatmeal cookies. And I think this may be an unpopular take, but I much prefer oatmeal raisin cookies to oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. My favorite oatmeal cookie recipe is the original one from the Quaker Oats can, but I'm not sure I have that recipe anymore. So if someone does have that recipe, please share it. What makes it different is that it's a crunchy oatmeal cookie and it's not overly cinnamony. Uh, the new recipe on the can is soft and chewy and too cinnamony. Also, before we get to the month-long holidays for me, let me remind you emphatically, emphatically, that tomorrow is May 1st, which means what? Hmm? I, I, I can't hear you. What? Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. You say it first thing, May 1st. Why? For good luck for the month of May, and we can use it. But Jen, you ask, what time do I do that? Okay, here's a quick guide. If you stay up past midnight, you can say it before going to sleep. And for good measure, you can say it when you wake up. If you wake up at 2 a.m. to use the bathroom, say it then before you push the cat out of the way. If you wake up at 6 a.m., say it before you tell Siri or Alexa to turn off that damn alarm. It should be the first thing out of your mouth in the morning. And look, if you forget to do it, don't tell me. I do not want to think poorly of you again. Okay. May month-long food holidays. It is asparagus month. You can have all my asparagus. Do not like asparagus. I wouldn't mind growing it, though. I think it's, looks, it's fun to grow. It's fun to cut. I used to love... Um, cutting the asparagus at Patrick's dad's house um, and then and then giving it as a gift because people who love asparagus love asparagus. Anyway, it's also barbecue month. It is chocolate custard month, and I will take this to be frozen custard, although it can be pudding too. Um, but you know how I feel about frozen custard. I love it. It's National Egg Month. It's Gazpacho Aficionado Month. It's National Hamburger Month, and it's National Salad Month. And the first week of May is Raisin Month. For food holidays this week, Monday, May 1st, is Chocolate Parfait Day, which kind of, you know, is the whole, gets right into the whole chocolate custard month. And I know I've said it here before, but I just don't see parfaits anywhere. Although, I mean, sometimes I see yogurt parfaits when we go to conferences and stuff. Sometimes it's one of the breakfast options, which is fine. I think a yogurt parfait with granola is delish. Um, but I don't really see them as dessert items anymore, um, but they could be. But anyway, I think that I would love a chocolate 
uh, and vanilla with like fruit and like chunks of cake. That would be a good parfait, like cake croutons. Someday I'll tell you my whole plan to have to make cake croutons. Anyway, Monday, May 1st is also May Day, which has a whole lot going on. First, it's Beltane, which is a pagan holiday of spring. I mean, it's kind of like a spring Halloween, and it's all about fertility. Maypoles, am I right? So forearmed is forearmed. Forewarned is forearmed. May Day is also International Workers' Day, which in the United States is actually turns into Labor Day. But pretty much everywhere else in the world, it's May 1st. Um, so please don't cross any picket lines unless you're scab. It's also International Doodle Day, celebrating the many poodle crosses that never should have happened. And if it's one thing I have learned from Vet Talk, it's that no one likes a doodle. Also, they will eat anything. Tuesday, May 2nd is National Truffles Day, and I'm going to let you decide if that's truffles that piggies find in the woods that cost a small fortune but taste so good shaved on stuff, especially macaroni and cheese. I love truffle shavings on macaroni and cheese or chocolate truffles, but let me know what you decide. Maybe I'll make a poll. Not a May poll, though. Tuesday is also uh, two very important days. It is Play Your Ukulele Day and International Scurvy Awareness Day. Good news is that I bought two pineapples. Um, I activated my Instacart account for the first time ever. And I can't believe that I ordered a whole bunch of pineapples, but I did. And I ordered another one of those fancy pink ones, which was pretty good, by the way. It, it, when you cut it up, it looks just like pink um, grapefruit. Uh, but it tastes sort of like a cross between a pineapple and an apple apple. Um, I'm not positive it's worth $10, but it's really pretty. Um, and then I got a regular golden pineapple. And I'm hoping that uh, Jen Goldbeck comes over this week and she and I taste test them and we can um, find out if they taste that different. So there's really, um, there's very little chance that um, I will get scurvy since it's International Scurvy Awareness Day. That's where I was going with the whole pineapple thing. Wednesday is my birthday. And according to the calendar, it is raspberry tart day, which is definitely better than turkey net soup day. But I'm going to call an audible and say that it is instead pinata day filled with candy and toys. It is bubble machine day. It is birthday cake day with cake from Costco with lots of frosting flowers, lots and lots of frosting flowers, like double the amount of frosting flowers they normally have, like pay extra for more flowers. Or you can sub in a carrot cake from Pastiche if you're in the Rhode Island area. And it is white chocolate raspberry stars day from Godiva. So not only is it chocolate custard month, Wednesday is chocolate custard day. So I did the math and it looks like you eat chocolate custard for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's chocolate custard donuts for breakfast, um, frozen uh, chocolate custard for lunch, and chocolate custard pie with whipped cream and maybe bananas. How good would that be? That would be really good for supper. And that is if you don't celebrate my birthday or, you know, in addition to. Thursday, May 4th is orange juice day. 
And whatever happened to Wegmans fresh squeezed orange juice? Because now they offer cold pressed juice, which is not the same at all. And supposedly cold pressed is better, but it doesn't taste better for some reason. So maybe that's just a me thing because I don't understand it. Finally, Thursday is also candied orange peel day. And let me tell you, these are delicious and they're very easy to make. I'll see if I can't find a recipe. They make excellent garnishes for pound cake. Friday, May 5th is also Cinco de Mayo. And no, that is not a day to dress up in a sombrero and poncho and drink tequila. I'm going to give you a well actually moment here and tell you that Cinco de Mayo is not Mexican Independence Day, which is what most people think. It's actually a celebration of Mexico's defeat of the French at the Battle of Puebla, which took place on May 5th, 1862. So tuck that into your little brain. Uh, I'm sure it is a question on Jeopardy at some point. Friday is also National Hoagie Day, which is how they say grinder in the Philadelphia area. My favorite is ham and provolone with shredded cabbage instead of lettuce, tomato and pickles with oil and vinegar instead of mayo. It's also Oyster Day, and I don't eat oyster, but I do love pearls. And that's to wear, not to eat. I don't eat pearls. Saturday, May 6th, is Crepe Suzette Day, an international no-diet day. And here's the thing about me. I do not believe in diets. I think they are, by and large, dangerous unless you have a medical condition like you're allergic to shellfish or red meat or you have celiac disease or something that it's important for you to eliminate something from your diet because of your actual health. Those kinds of diets are important, but fad diets where you eliminate entire food groups because some influencer told you that um, to or some um, you know, chiropractor who now is like a food person um, told you to, I think those are dangerous. And while I'm not a professional in this area, I absolutely have the lived experience. And I believe a lot of these diets either border on or are full on disordered eating. There was an American Heart Association report out last week that pinged keto and paleo as being absolutely not heart healthy, which didn't surprise me at all. Low carb and fatty meats. Come on, who's surprised? Sunday is National Roast Leg of Lamb Day, and that's not a meat I eat. Is it because lambs are so cute? Maybe, but mostly because the taste is yucky. It's gamey. I don't like that. I don't like that. Ugh, I can't even verbalize it. That's how little I like that kind of meat. And finally, Sunday is National Homebrew Day, and I have never had a beer that someone made in their basement that was worth drinking. Yes, I said it, and I meant it. Okay. That's the food holidays for the month and this week, and here are a few random updates. Remind me to tell you next week about the freeze-dried candy at the farmer's market, which is perfect for people who like chewy sour candy or caramels, but whose teeth do not. Also, an update on the Red Tasmanian Devil Dog. He starts his heartworm treatment on Sunday the 7th. Should I make a sticker or something to commemorate his treatment? I had to close my Red Bibble shop because they were screwing me out of money. So I'd have to find somewhere else to sell it. Um, but if you'd like to support this part of his healthcare journey, please make a donation to the Golden Ratio Foundation, as we are, in fact, squad adjacent. I'll keep you posted on his progress. I looked through his medical record, and sadly, up until the last year, he was getting vet checked and heartworm preventative and tested. He was definitely a dog that was loved, I wish I knew what happened with his family that they turned him into the animal shelter. Anyway, hopefully his heartworm disease is not that advanced.
I'll keep you posted. Also, I have a surgery scheduled for the week of the 15th, so there will be another gap in podcasting as I probably will not be able to talk for at least a week. I will post up some proof of life, though. Or not, huh? Fingers crossed. A reminder that if you'd like to support this work, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash twochocolatecakes, and I'd love it if you rated and shared the podcast. I hope you have a great my birthday week, and if you're at a loss in how to celebrate, here's a short list of things I'd do. Eat cake. Text a friend. Power wash something. Go plant shopping. Eat some more cake. Go to the animal hospital and hold the paws of the animals coming out of anesthesia so they aren't scared. Wish for a dumpster so you could finally clean up this house. See you next week. Thank you.